Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 1800 453 106 if you want to join us here on Lunchtime Live today. Do we take the, lo- the loss of a pet seriously? What's the impact of the death of the family pet on the family. Do you feel embarrassed to talk about it? Or I'd like to hear people's experience of this. Um, Derianne is with us on the line today. Derianne, what's your experience? Well, (coughs) sorry, the last pet, family pet that we had was uh, a little West Highland Terrier called Ellie. And she was with us for nearly 16 years. Um, I got an opportunity to go to America to visit my son and my grandkids. And I got a, a lady I knew offered to mind Ellie for me. And um, now, Ellie had never, ever been sick one day in her life, which is unusual for Westies because they can have problems with skin and that. But she, she never she never had a day's sickness, which was brilliant. Anyway, I went off to America and um, my daughter wasn't in a position to take Ellie. And um, while I was over there, I had a dream that Ellie had passed on. She came to me in her dream. So I, the minute I got to Dublin Airport, the first thing I did when I landed was I rang the lady that was minding her. And she had to tell me that Ellie had passed away while I was away. And to say I was devastated was an understatement. And I could not have been able to be with her, feeling I had abandoned her, and then knowing I was going to have to break the news to my daughter, and I knew it was going to absolutely devastate her, and uh, which it did. And um, so I, I just think the whole, uh, the whole thing around animals and the love and the bond they have isn't taken a serious um, by people, shall we say, that maybe don't have animals. Uh, I think anybody that loves an animal will agree with me and they'll know what I'm saying when I talk about the devastating effect it has when you lose one. I mean, it's it's you grieve, it, they're part of your family, they, they communicate with you, they give you absolute unconditional love. Um, I remember times being upset and Ellie would come to me and she would just sit on my knee and comfort me. So, you know, to underestimate the the impact that losing a pet has, I just think is actually quite unfair to people because they are. And I think I, I always remember this, but I think it was 1992 and I was glad about this. Pope John Paul II declared that animals have souls. And I always knew myself, I felt they had, but it was just an extra um, confirmation when I heard that he had declared that to to show that, you know, they have feelings. They're no different than us. They communicate. They mightn't have verbal ways, but they definitely can communicate with human beings. And Terri-Anne, when when you, you know, like t- talk, you know, to people or, or other friends or family members um, about Ellie and, you know, you, you explained the story like you did there at night to us and, and told, you know, told people that she'd passed away and, that you know, unfortunately you were away at the time. What sort of, you know, do you find, like, were people sympathetic to you or what was the reaction? 
depends. I, I find it's it's um, other people who have pets and <clears throat> have had them and lost them or maybe not even lost them. They certainly can identify, but people that don't, I found, didn't, didn't have any time, didn't want to know, you know, you felt like you were you were kind of making a big deal out of nothing. It's only an animal. And unfortunately, I know that 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 attitude happens a lot in this country. And I find it extremely sad that it does because they're not just animals. They're not just animals. And it doesn't matter what they are, you know, whether from a rat to a magpie, they're, they're still mm. animals. Uh, Philip Nolan Adarian is from the, um, the columnist with the Irish Daily Mail. F- Philip's on the line as well, and and Philip, you're listening there too, um, Darianne. Like it's something you've experienced as well. Totally, and I agree with every word. To be honest, um, I think that you do only really get sympathy from people who've had animals themselves. And if people have never had an animal as part of their life, they just don't understand that bond that you actually form. And for me, it's always been dogs. I mean, I know some other people do it with cats. And I, I presume any other animal. Um, I, I saw the man in Orchie last week and at your service had a fantastic bond with his um, alpacas. You know, whatever animal is, is your spirit animal, let's say, is the one you'll bond with. But people genuinely um, often don't really understand the pain that you go through. I mean, funny that uh, Darianne had uh, Westy. We had two Westies, Sizzly and Zippy, and they died two weeks to the day apart. And honest to God, it nearly broke me because losing one was terrible, the daughter and then the mother who at that stage was kind of heavily reliant on the daughter because she was blind and she was kind of incontinent and she needed to be, she needed to put a shoulder to the daughter to actually find her way around. And I think she just died of grief two, two, two weeks later. I woke up and heard a very unusual bark in the kitchen and not a bark I was used to uh, in terms of the sound. Mm. And I raced downstairs and she was twitching on the kitchen floor. And to be honest with you, I don't know if that was her actually physically dying or if she was dead and that was just, you know, the body's reaction to having already died. But what I do know is that I was able to literally hold her until the twitching stopped. And I bawled my eyes out for a day. Like yeah. People just don't get it if they don't have dogs, I think. You see, I, I never had... Well, we, we we did have a pet, all right, a dog grown up, but uh, was was after I had left the house, we got the dog. So I suppose I'm probably in that camp of... Well, I mean, I would like to think I'm a sympathetic, empathetic person, but but like I, I suppose I I haven't experienced, you know, the the bond that you're that you and Darianne, um, ha, you know, have have talked about. Obviously, yes, I, I suppose the difference is that people who people who have a pet in their life, they see the pet every day, and if you see a yeah. pet every day for seventeen years, it is part of your family. There's absolutely no mm. question about that. And I, I think it I think it's great, especially for children who are raised with animals. Because it does teach them a lot about the life cycle and the fact that everything doesn't last forever yeah, as well. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That is a great introduction to grief. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a soft and pleasant introduction. To yeah, grief, absolutely. Say. Yeah, no. Well, I, yes, I, I've obviously experienced it in other ways, but not, uh, not you know, not not through the family pet element as such. Um, where I would say living in the home. Do you know what I mean? And and that, as you say, that kind of day to day contact. I was reading though, um, Philip, uh, a column in the Telegraph about this actually just the other day, and it was Fiona Gibson, the uh, British author. And, and she was talking about how when her uh, dog Jack had passed away she talked about how surprised and embarrassed she was by the grief that she had for her family dog like is that are they the kind of emotions or is that something you you know like would you be in, embarrassed to talk about it? 
And I wouldn't be embarrassed to talk about it, but I suppose I might be embarrassed if I actually got upset while talking about it. And I think there's probably a difference there. I mean, I was on, not long after Sisley and Zippy died, I was on a long haul flight and I made the stupid mistake of watching Marley and me. And when, when, when I, just before I brought Sisley to the vet to be cremated, I remember looking at her and saying, do you know something? You're a great dog. And the guy in the movie says exactly the same thing. And I actually just started bawling on the plane, <laughs> which I'm sure wasn't a good Bottomless, look for the poor yeah. man who was in the seat next to me. But I just completely lost I it. Know. And, you know, there are little triggers like that, but that would be embarrassing. But not, not talking about it, no, that wouldn't embarrass me at all. But I suppose, Darianne, like, gr- you know, grief is grief in whatever form it takes. Well, it is, yeah. <clears throat> and funny enough, I just had an opportunity over the last few months to rear some um, orphaned lambs, five of them. And um, one of them, actually, I I went in one day to the shed where they were, and one of them was quite poorly. And I just took her up and put her on my knee and held her and uh, hugged her and sat with her for ages. And I just knew she was she was passing and she needed the comfort. And she had she gone the next day. But I was devastated over that. And um, like, you know, and. Like, I never had that close contact with lambs ever in my entire life. And then I ended up bottle feeding these five and becoming really attached to them. And they became very attached to me because they knew I was the one that would feed them and they'd come up and they'd, you know, the minute they'd see me coming, the five of them would run um, and they'd come flying. Once they got big enough to, you know, could put them into a field, and it was just overwhelming to to make that connection. And every single one of them had a different character. And I could I, I knew the difference, you know, which of each one of those, even though they might all look the same. I knew the difference between every one of them. Yeah. Like that's kind of the connection you have if you can allow yourself to um to let the love of animals in. And I really feel that people who don't are missing out an awful lot because it, it um, as Philip said there, it, it, it prepares you for, you know, that great loss that yeah. any of us can experience at any time. And, um, and it's harrowing. It really is harrowing. And it's you, you hate to think of your children going through something mm. like that. I so, see. yeah. I see another text in as well. Amanda in Limerick says, I had to put my 14-year-old dog down a month ago. I still randomly burst into tears um, mm. as a result of it. 53106 is the number if people want to share their experience with us. Elaine fin- or Eileen Finnegan, I should say, is the um, a family therapist and, and is on the line. Eileen, is there a sort of, you know, a stigma around grieving for a pet? I think, and, and listening to, I had to get listening to, to Derry and, and Philip, I suppose my first part as a, as a therapist, is that we don't show our feelings full stop. So then, when when it comes out in sort of grief, you know, for even for an adult man, Philip, in any place to be crying in in an Irish context. So I think that if we're going to talk about the grief of a pet, in talking about grief per se, and just what grief grief has no boundaries. And when we talk about grief of a pet, um, it can be you know very very traumatic. And both Jerry and Philip have have spoken about that and, and how we manage trauma. So it can have, you know, really um, a huge impact. And I've noticed myself, certainly I was only thinking as I had other things I was thinking, but as you were both talking, I was just thinking that even working as a, a therapist during the pandemic, a lot of 
the work went to online. Mm. So you actually got introduced to pets. So there were sometimes someone would come on and they go, hold on a minute, somebody needs to come in or out. And even for myself, there was animals that I knew that when they heard my voice, they would they would know almost to be quiet and maybe to go out. So all of that stuff. So whether, you know, you have an animal or not, it, it's more about watching the attachment and what it's like for any one of us to have something that we attach to. And for us to know that when, when that is gone and the loss of that, and I think, you know, Philip, as he says, rightly says, in, in a way that it, it, it can bring us into a place of, you know, that part of easing, you know, the life cycle, you know, I suppose from the day we're born, we're on that road to death. Um, but I think that there's a huge part for other people not understanding or maybe not being able to tolerate when they see somebody in the level of grief. It's like, you know, you have your plan of, you know, I'm sure, Derry, you were thinking of coming home from the States and thinking I'll bring Ellie for a walk or all the different things and all that's gone. So it's like a whole a whole, a whole future that we had and planned out and even going to the supermarket, you know, very basic things when people are used to going down the aisle where the dog food is, all of a sudden you're in the aisle and it's like you have to leave the shop because it's like, oh my God, I don't belong in that aisle anymore. And, you know, going for the, the walk with the dog, the people that you meet are, are not just a dog, any other animals, the conversation that you can have um, and, and, and for people. So I suppose one of the big things is it, it can really cause a huge depression for people and, you know, and, and really watching the signs. So I think grief has no boundaries, uh, Andrea, right. and, and for the others. Yeah. A text in as well, Eileen, from a listener who says, our 25-year-old miniature pony died this year after having her since she was a yearling. It was like a death in the family. We're all absolutely devastated, says this texter. There's another listener as well wondering about how to uh, deal with one of their children uh, following the, lo- um, the loss of their beloved dog. She's just looking for advice, Eileen, from you on that. Yeah, and I think that's really important because like the others have been saying, one of the things, and I suppose we, ha- we have not always been great at it, in, well, I can only talk from an Irish context because I, I, I'm Irish, but so I can't talk for a European context, I can imagine. But we don't talk about grief and loss anyway. So when, when, when a pet is there, and I suppose all of us have had the stories when, you know, we hear that, you know, the goldfish might be in the bowl and we're looking and thinking that the goldfish looks a bit different than it did before or, or replacing um, and that's what we would have done before it is. But I think in being able to have those conversations about there's things in our life that come into our life and, and it's the, what they bring and what they leave us with and that they may not always be in our life. So to be able to have those and I think, you know, creating some sort of a ritual or, or, or a memory of of the pet and, and you know, all of those memories that you have yeah. in moments, places well, that you've been, all of that are very important. Philip, do you, did, you know, did you have any form of a ritual or anything like that or a ceremony or well I still have them in little boxes on my bookshelves because we had them cremated <laughs> yes. right uh, you, pet cremation is, is quite a big business now funnily enough actually and um, yeah that's what we did I mean we were kind of reluctant to bury them in the garden on the basis that at some point you might move house. I know a lot of people do just bury them in the garden, but then if you move, you kind of think you're being disloyal to them by leaving them behind. So wherever I go now, they can come with me. They're in a little box. Oh, they're they're enough, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Darianne? Well, what I did was the lady who had been minding her uh, kept a little piece of her hair and I got a beautiful picture that I had taken myself. One one of, one particular photograph was beautiful. She was kind of in a meadow and I put it into a box frame and I made one for myself, one for my daughter. I put the picture of Ellie in and I put her collar to, I had, we had a few collars for her, so I put a collar in and the hair and a little red heart. 
heart on it and I gave that to my daughter and we still have those yeah, yeah so just to, and is that, that but just some kind of I suppose a acknowledgement or you know yeah, ceremony yeah yeah, to, yeah not, and not to not to forget them because just there listening to Eileen um I I was 15 when my mum passed away very suddenly and um and ironically it was the day of Kerry were playing um Dublin at Croke Park right. but anyway um I that was devastating because I didn't realize that grief is still not been talked about because back then like we were out of school for a week um all my mum's clothes and belongings left the house went back to school and it was the one thing that question that made me question the whole thing about life after death because the nuns who had been preaching all this stuff to me, didn't even ask us how we were when we went back to school, never mentioned her mother, nobody spoke about her again, to the point where I began to feel I never had a mother, which was very sad. Now, you were so young as back, well, Darianne. Yeah, yeah, it was extremely. Yeah. And my youngest brother was only five. There were seven of us. And, and, I, and my, my father died when I was in my early 20s. But so, you know, that, that, that actually curved a path for me where I have um, gone in my life and around how I I feel how precious life is down to nearly a fly. I know that's probably taking it a little bit much, um, but um, you know it 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 was just where it brought me. Mm. And um, ironically, as well, the day my daughter was born, twenty uh, third of. June 1985, I was just after having her and I overheard one of the uh, nurses saying something about a jumbo coming off the coast uh, and I, I jumped up into bed and I said, what are you talking about? Because at that time I was on leave from Aer Lingus and was working on jumbos. But it transpired, it was, it was the day the Air India flight was uh, blown up over the coast of Cork and um, I subsequently Every single year, myself, my daughter, we didn't only celebrate her birthday. We always remembered 329 souls that left that day because to for her to come in. And I wrote an article at one okay. time in the examiner about if only somebody knew the, the pain and the joy you go through giving birth, you would never take another life okay. ever alright well listen Darianne thanks very much for, for getting in touch with us and Philip Nolan there too and, and Eileen Finnegan um, a lot of reaction actually to this and, and people emailing in about their own experience lunchtime live at newstalk.com uh, we might come back to this actually a little bit later in the programme the money doctor John Lowe he's going to be here next though to talk to us about switching banks Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.